0: Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Today's episode is a very special one indeed because we managed to collectively use just enough barbarous words that we were able to summon the one, the only Douglas Bachelor from the What Magic Is This podcast to appear in the triangle that is Against All Oddities. We talked to Doug about magic, the esoteric, ASMR, magical aptitude, Coyote Initiation. Justin Bieber, Fear and Magic, Death Hygiene, and Optimism in the Occult. This episode is as epic as it seems, so stick around, because as I just said, this is Against All Oddity.
1: Well, welcome to Against All Oddities. Uh, we normally talk about odd, paranormal, strange, occult things, but sometimes odd, paranormal, and occult people. Um, so I'm Youngest Brother Tim. I'm Middle Brother Chris. Hey. And today <laughs> we are super thrilled to have Douglas Batchelor from the What Magic Is This podcast. And I believe everybody's probably already listened to it, listened to us, but if you haven't, he talks about the paranormal, the strange, the the occult... The esoteric, uh, whatever uh lurks in the shadows. He has read a few books on it and has a guest that specializes in it. And all of them are super entertaining and it's uh, it's funny, it's informational. I have to listen to some episodes twice and take notes because they're awesome. So thank you so much for being here, Douglas.
2: Yeah, it we're we're an oh, absolute sorry. pleasure.
0: Oh, it's yeah. A- <laughs> thank you. Do you did we okay? So did we do an okay introduction? Would you like to introduce yourself in any way?
2: No, that's. I think you guys covered it. I, I have a podcast. I, I talk about weird shit. I do weird shit and hope that weird <laughs> shit happens. It's just, that's 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 it. That's me. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, thanks for being here. And I, I think, um, wow, yeah, like this is kind of our like you're kind. We're 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 notoriously bad at interviews. So like you are our guardian of the threshold of podcasts. Like you are like we're just gotta do it. You just gotta fucking do it, man. You, and yes. so, so we're gonna each ask you some some questions. We're gonna ask you some serious ones. We're gonna ask you some funny ones. Um, okay. they, I, I'm up first with a serious one, but it's I, I was looking over it, and it's less of a question and more of a conversation. Sure. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on something that I kind of struggled with when it came to operational magic. And so my word, I used the word operational magic. I know you like Solomonic magic, but but anyway, um, one of the things I struggled with was to justify like the pettiness of my desires, Mm. Uh, by which I mean operational magic, be it Solomonic on one side, Neo-Pagan on the other. Like it requires a lot of planning and a lot of uh, commitment to execute. Uh, because you are, in essence, petitioning greater powers to fulfill your petty, moral desires. And, like, ultimately, as I got into it, I would just, like, fail because my initial desire would always prove to be faulty in some way. Like, I'd always just, like, doubt my desire. And 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 so the whole ritual would fall apart. And uh, because desire is an illusion or something. Right. So, <laughs> so, so I guess my question to kind of kickstart a conversation is, how do you justify like petitioning things that are so much bigger than us for our like petty things like how do you do like it really was a problem for me and maybe that's me um well
2: for some reason what i what i do is for what i like consider what you would consider like petty um petty desires and stuff like that i just kind of like crank down what kind of magic i'm going to do so for like penny desire okay. stuff i've got no problem writing sigils about stupid shit sure, like, sure. i've got sigils or something i can fire off sigils like <laughs> when i i've got a box that's behind me i write them on pieces of paper i fold them up and i put them in there and it's like a sourdough starter it's yeah. just like i i just feed it and then when i feel like doing a ritual i'll just pull them out and here's what's funny about them is that and i because i just did this on the uh, the anniversary of of the burning of Giordano Bruno. Mm-hmm. And I, I check what my sigils were in this other notebook that I keep. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, half of them aren't really desires anymore. Like half of right. them are just like things I don't want anymore. And but it's funny to me, it's like, oh, right. at well, some point, yeah, so I want it. It's kind of like
0: like a cleansing of the palate, anyway. Like, yeah. you know, if in any way, get it out of your system. And yeah. for, our, for our audience who might not know what a sigil is, it's almost a way of like bypassing the consciousness by like, mm. Like you kind of, you write out like a desire, you abstract it in such a way that it no longer represents your desire. And then using like a, a type of, um, I don't know, intense meditation, we'll just use that word. Uh, you kind of bypass the consciousness and deliver that as a message to your subconscious. Um, so that's great. But what about like, cause I know you do work with Solomonic magic and like yeah. work, like, so like working with the Goetia, was always for me was like, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, it was almost like working with the mafia. Like I'm married to an Italian woman <laughs> and hey. so it, it, with like New York family, and it was always like, there's a place for the mafia, right? Like sometimes you need a loan, right? Like sometimes <laughs> right. you need a fucking loan and like the bank's not gonna do it. So, but like it comes with a little bit of risk to ask your, you know, you gotta ask your local guy to ask the bigger guy, to ask the Don, if right. we can have like 50 bucks for like a business loan. But like, I, that's when it really broke down for me. Is like, ah, do I really need, like, I, I feel like maybe I could just like, I don't know. It was a real obstacle for me with operational magic and it, it mm-hmm. isn't for you. So I was like, I want to, I want to tap your brain for that.
2: Well, so for the most part, when you're doing something Solomonic um, mm-hmm. and again, for people that don't know, this is when you close your eyes and you think of like a wizard doing a magical working. This is. I'm talking to your audience here. Mm -hmm. You're picturing somebody with a book with like something on the floor, like a circle with these strange symbols on them. And then they're reading passages from this book while they're waving their hands in the air. They might even have like a knife and stuff like that. So it's big grand magic. And so I get why you would think like, like why am I doing this if I just have these small desires? And the point of doing that is that that is actually the operation to try and get some kind of a spiritual, a spirit helper, if you will, like somebody that you can go to. So each and every time that you do that, it's not to have like one thing to do. The main reason you're doing that is to be able to like, I'll use the metaphor. It's to get something on the end of the line. So Mm. once you've caught something then after I've done that, I when I want to petition this spiritual entity or this spirit for things, I'm not gonna draw stuff on the floor anymore. Yeah. It's a huge process. Yeah. And so by the time I actually have something answer and however it answers, sometimes they sometimes I hear voices a couple of times, and it happens very rarely that you actually see something and it's, mm-hmm. and it's scary as shit.
1: That was a question I had. Is that yeah, that has to be scary. That has. Yeah, to be it's scary. not.
2: No, it's it's not pleasant because because you literally think you're making it up. You're like, this is just my mind making this stuff up, yeah. and then you close your eyes and you open it and it's still there. It's like this is not cool. Yeah. So but Yeah. That's so you. Of course, you would feel bad. It's like, oh, I have I have broken reality. I want to talk about it giving me a girlfriend no that's not yeah, the point exactly. of doing it. that's not the point of doing it you're just literally trying to make contact with something right and then no. later on then you can come with some petty shit. and yeah. then, truthfully a lot of the times these things have certain offices that they're that you can go to them for some are petitioned for for uh certain kinds of love or mm-hmm. like therefore financial reasons some yeah. will tell you about astrology and the stars so you have to kind of like pick what you want and then you have to so in in that way i'd say like the best way of getting around something like that is to just concentrate on doing the thing, not about the objective and this is really mm. hard for people when they start get, when they get into magic is that the drive to want something and to desire mm-hmm. something tangible and specific to happen within your framework, which is usually for most people it is a materialistic framework. I yeah. do a plus B and I'm gonna get this this thing yeah. Don't do that. Concentrate on actually just doing the thing. One yeah. of the one of the catchphrases of my podcast is concentrate on the how, not the what. Yeah. I, I think that's really hard for people because when they start out, they want something.
1: More basic question to follow up to that. Do, if you don't have a need, can you practice those things in the same way? Or is the greater the need more likely to give you a the response, the response that you want? You like need. if you're just curious. Is it going to be like a big fuck you? This kid's just fucking around. Or is it just... the, the strength of the intention behind it? Right. I yeah.
2: I think that it's, it's one of those things where this would, this has been debated and I'm not trying to like, this is not a dodge. This has been debated for as long as we've been around. Like does necessity make a ritual stronger and truthfully Sometimes when my necessity has been very high, nothing has happened. And then other times when I've just done it for a lark, then I get some incredible results. The truth is, I don't really know. Yeah. It's really quite weird. And, and that's the thing is that magic isn't being taught in any university or anything like that. It's, it's, when I say that there are no experts in magic, I truly mean that. And people particularly on like YouTube, I got a lot of flack for saying that in one of my episodes, because people like, well, of course there are. There are people that write books and stuff like that, but there truly is no expert on magic. If there were, we'd know exactly what's going on. But what I do think that's interesting and what my show is trying to get people to do is that, sure, if the necessity is is big enough and you want to bring that into the table and use it to your advantage, by all means. But I also think... For people starting out, if you have a true curiosity about this kind of thing, and you lean into that curiosity, then that is your biggest gift that you have. And this idea of like privilege, and this person really needs something and this, I think those are, those are things that we tend to bog ourselves down in to yeah. maybe try and stop ourselves and to scare ourselves into doing these things. Yeah. Um, I truly think that magic is real. I think that magic is one of those things where it's—I've seen enough things, and I've seen the the real results of what I'm doing to to know that there ha, there is something to this. And mm-hmm. for other people, my main ambition is to just try and get people to start things. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Just it step is step into that circle. Even like you're uh, you A, A, all of our <laughs> listeners who are interested in this should definitely sign up for uh doug's uh, patreon because like for oh. instance you have that howling uh episodes where you kind of talk about you have a fake not fake yeah. but you have a you it's have, fake no i i use yeah. the word fake it's fake yeah it's, it's fake. a ritual that doug knows doesn't work and the idea is that you do it with sincerity in a sense to get you over your fear yeah. of saying spooky words in a circle yourself like where the, the 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 blinds drawn so your neighbors don't yeah. see and just to break the ice um yeah. and so I, that's it's a really good idea to try i
1: yeah. think that it doesn't matter like i gotta disagree yeah. with you guys a little bit oh, yeah. on this. okay and and where i'm going with it is it, like i said a minute ago about intention i think you're you have a different means to the same end and yeah. If you if the ceremony that you're doing is important to for you to get your subconscious or shadow self or whatever behind it, maybe that's what you need to do. Like there's a, a book, I think. Chris, I think you gave it to me. It was like uh, the wind up bird, or some weird wind up bird chronicles. Oh yeah, right. Mirakami,
0: great, yeah. Is that great a work word. of fiction. Work of fiction, yeah. wind up bird chronicle.
1: Hopefully, it's the right book <laughs> I'm pulling the story from. Then, uh, but but the the guy maybe it was a different one. I can't remember. This guy it was. Uh, kept seeing this alien, but the alien would only come with, come to him if he killed somebody. Like, and he that's was like,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a
0: different <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I was uh, trying to think of
1: like weird books that Chris has you, given me. You
0: name drop Mirakami, Wind Up Bird Chronicle, amazing work of fiction, read that. And yeah. then read and then go that. go to
1: all, in the show notes, I'll go through the bookshelf <laughs> and find it. I can't remember. <laughs> what did I um, give
0: you? Because that sounds like a badass book. No, yeah, but here's the
1: end of it, right? I'm going to spoil, like not the plot. But I got to spoil that the problem is the uh, alien eventually talks to him when he's an old man because the alien would get freaked out when he started killing somebody. And he was like, why did you kill all those people? And he said, well, I thought that was how to keep you away from me. You know, but it was like a total <laughs> misunderstanding or, or it was like, I thought that was the only way to bring you here was to sacrifice somebody.
0: And he was like, no, all you had to do was ask. Oh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so- all you had to do was ask with intention. And I mean, obviously, and, and maybe this kind of goes back to my question, because a lot of magic and, you know, we're not a magic podcast. We're kind of more, we're considered comedy and philosophy, which is a, a hilarious combination. But a lot of that comes down to will and intention, right? Hmm. And, and so like a lot of my trips when I was getting into operational magic in the beginning, like 10 years ago. Was like psychological trips. Like I I was hitting this guilt issue, and so my intention was there. Like I was stepping in here. I bet
1: Tim has it too. I bet the three of us we have the family guilt problem.
0: Yeah, and that might be a common Uh, thing. But like, yeah,
1: Douglas, were you raised Catholic by chance?
2: I was not. No, but
1: I don't think it's a Catholic thing. I think it's like some genetic problem. Kinda is though. Like, oh, why (laughs) do I get to eat this ice cream if the starving children in Ethiopia don't get any ice cream? (laughs) Yeah, I I just. there's
2: this blue like, line could've... of calvinism that goes across all of <laughs> yeah. North america i'm just going to say we all feel guilty about anything that's pleasurable yeah. like no matter where you yeah. are.
0: exactly and 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 i so we can blame the catholics whether or not you're raised for it is that like yeah maybe and maybe we can blame our own like excesses as a western culture or whatever it is we're all feeling guilty about something and there's a lot to feel guilty about uh but it, it but like it trips up the intention and all we are like like from Nate maybe being the skeptic, but also working with remote view and natural Not you're ske- not a skeptic, not not yeah, a skeptic yeah, yeah. but, I, but you would not say, entirely
1: convinced, not, even but- not even convinced. I think there's a, there's a, there's a thing, right? Like the, we'll call it whatever, uh, that everybody sees a different truth in the same thing, right? Yeah. Like in, I just listened to your Gnostic podcast or whatever, mm. Doug, but great. But I love it. Look within. If you look within and you find a magic circle, that's your path to move forward. Forward yep. and find the knowledge. If you look into it in writing with a calligraphy pen to do the same thing, it, with incense or zoned out, great. You know, I think that. But I think the same. There's like not a. I wouldn't. I'm not, truth is the wrong word. But I think there's like different levels, right, that you're trying to get to and talk to entities or people or whatever. But it doesn't necessarily, I think we're boxing it in like, well, I do this with magic to see do this. I do this through, you know, some weird meditation to do this. I think it's, I I think it's all we're putting things in a box that aren't necessarily going
0: to a box. But like, maybe that's a Western thing, right? Like, like, for instance, I have all this, like, I read so many goddamn grimoires (laughs) like books and like I'm stepping in circles I'm reading like every bit of material the golden dawn put out even though they I like was getting they were driving me fucking crazy but at the same time I'm reading about like zen buddhism right and like that is a collision of shit and so like part of me is reading and thinking like oh all desire is false and that I really should just meditate until I am dead like I should just fast to death on a mountain without conversation. And then another the part of me is like, nah, you should be uh, painting a wand these four colors and then requesting gold bullion to appear in your fucking like, uh, p- like velvet purse or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, that's that fucking postmodern collision of like, I need to chill out and focus on will and intent. Like, what do I really need to do? And maybe that to get me to that next level. So, I don't know. I, I don't want to go on about it because you've actually been very helpful, Doug, in this saying. I, I think the answer that you said was very apt in that, like the, the medicine for the poison, right?
2: What Nate's been saying is also true. I mean, mm-hmm. I just recently had a guest on um, somebody whose work I greatly enjoy by the name of Jeffrey Kripal. And, and one of the things he wrote in his newest book is that it's, we, when we think about truth, because I'm just going off of what the word that, that Nate used, when we think about truth, we think that truth is one thing and it's not. You, the books that you're reading, when you say that there's this col- this clash of like Eastern ideas and Western ideas, they both have a truth to them. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing right now uh, for a lot of like post-secondary education and whatnot is that we're all just saying that truth is, truth is relative and therefore yeah. equals pointless. Yeah. And Jeffrey Kripal in his book, he say, basically says like, the the fact that the fact of the matter is, it's not that the the truth that truth is relative therefore it equals like it it, it renders all truth basically null. It's that there's there's no monopoly on the truth. There's the mm-hmm. truth is in so many things. Yeah. There's different ways of getting at the truth, and so we can we're getting pretty philosophical here but, but it's just like it, it, you can't basically say there's one form of truth which is one of those things where i i think a lot of people when they get into magic they they, they have this there's this large shadow of 19th century and early 20th century occultism that yeah that, drifts over it and a lot of the things they say is like magic is trying to get to the truth magic is truth Mm -hmm. what is truth truth is beauty and it just it becomes this like quagmire of like what there's no one truth
0: the beauty of it is that the fact that there is no truth should we should look at it because again through what lens we should look at it through a lens of liberation
1: in the same vein but to uh move on to the next bit a little bit uh-huh. Are some people innately more talented at this where others have to try harder and learn more, mm-hmm. or is everybody on a level playing field?
2: I, a part of me would like to say that everybody's on the level playing field, but I, truthfully, as I, as I move through this, I think that there's certain aptitudes for certain things. I think some people are better at some things than others. And, um, I don't know the answer for that. There's at some period of time and it, because I'm a bit of a sponge. So I like to research and look into whatever's new and what are new people talking about. And there was a period of time where I tried to like draw a correlation between people that are um, easily hypnotized and people who can see spirits and people who have auto synaptic meridian responses. Do you guys know what I'm ASMR? Do you know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. there? Um, a lot of people register when they, when if you've gotten like a haircut or something like that, the sound of the scissors kind of sends this weird uh, feeling, this really warm feeling like it's molten gold spilling down your spine. Anyways, mm. I this happens to me. So oh, cool. Certain, um, if somebody's like whispering in your ear or something, you get this strange response. It's a response that science is like, we don't know what it is. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's something that hundreds millions of people across the world they experience this there's so many youtube videos about it it's not yeah. fake it happens to me yeah. so there was there were as i've been going through this the reason i bring it up to answer your question is that part of me is always trying to like find like Is there's a correlation here because this happens to me and I find it easy to be able to do this but other things that come easy to other people things like scrying and looking in crystals Mm -hmm. to be able to see things I'm shit at that so yeah I think one of the major things uh, within magic is to try and find where your aptitudes are I don't think we all started like being at certain things some people I think are some people I think are really naturally gifted at seeing weird shit
1: I mean, like some people are born clairvoyant, but on different frequencies just to. Have play.
2: you ever met anybody who just, yeah. and I'm sure you have, because we all have met these people where you go over to their house yeah. and they've never played an instrument before and they just pick up the instrument and they can just play it. And it's just like, it's like, wow, that's some kind of like savant shit there. (laughs) Why would magic be any different? Like if magic is, is life. Like I, there are people that are just better at you than certain things. And it shouldn't frustrate you. You just have to try and find out what's good. Yeah. 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 If anyway, that's your community, like
0: find your people, like. You'll balance them out, you know, like be your Kelly to D, right? Like you need this person to like see the thing that the academic can like I call. Think
2: one of the reasons that a lot of people like things like the Golden Dawn, which was a, a 19th century magical orders, and it was very regimented, like they would first start you off with trying to do meditation and things like that. And I think that they were trying to find a way... And it was pretty slapdash, but they were trying to find a way to get everybody on equal playing field because they were dealing with numbers, right? They were in order. So they they just say, like, start with meditation. And since then, that's kind of like been the thing that when you start magic, everybody tells you to do. Like everybody says, like, just start with meditation. And I'm not going to go against that. I think meditation is actually a really wonderful way to, to, to start in some capacity. Yeah it's also just fucking healthy for you you should probably do it like it's also uh, there's almost like there's it's not true that there's zero downside to meditation but it's pretty much one of the best things you can do to your with your body and your mind right um but that's what i think i i do think that they were trying to find a way to get everybody on an equal playing field as far as magic aptitudes are concerned yeah but um yeah as the older i've gotten the more i've done this i just I've, i've seen some people they can they can stand in front of an Ouija board and like they'll put their hand on the planchet and it'll move around like crazy. And it's, it's not you, them pushing it around because they have no idea what's going on. Other people can sit in front of an Ouija board and nothing ever in their entire life. And there's, then that's the thing. It doesn't mean that you're not good at magic. And that's just one of the things that my show is really trying to get people to understand. You're not bad at magic. You just might not be good at this thing now. And And that's it. And that's, Right, exactly. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we all start at zero, and I think there's people that are really good at certain things. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it goes. Also, Just like life, it's life. That's <laughs> you awesome. and uh, you and Nate yeah, have a similarity
1: like... right now, but you're handling it different. Um, so I've, I've been a Patreon of yours for uh, maybe two years, maybe oh, nice. a year and a half. I don't know. I just, thank you, know, you. You forget about <laughs> it for a while, and I'll say for seven bucks, huh. you get all the the behind the scenes it's a different right. it's a different thing yeah. if you like the show the the patreon stuff is a, a different vibe to it which is also why i know some things and a question that i got rid of because i don't <laughs> i don't know i get participation anxiety sometimes when i overshare overdo it and so discord was like a uh, i was gonna say and so recently this week i jumped in there and one of the questions was like, do you think people that practice this stuff need to take take life less seriously? That's not the case at all. If you think everybody's a hot topic, the crow, Eric Draven, magic guy walking around, go talk to these people. They're talking <laughs> about video games and music and yeah. and kitty cats and things. Yes. That being yeah. said, I know that you just hurt your back. I apologize you're going through that. That sucks. Nate yeah. just did too. He's on muscle uh. relaxers right now.
2: <laughs> which is why he's more sedate than
1: 99% of the other time
2: uh, <laughs>
1: I'm being good I'm being good it was I, important you gotta tranquilize yeah. the bear before you like Man, it's it's funny because
2: I'm nearly 40 years old and uh, I just got back into snowboarding after after not snowboarding for like nearly 12 years when I when I lived in Toronto there's no ski hills out there or anything like that um I'm great. I've been ripping it up. I'm I'm going on double black diamonds if people know. And then and then on Friday, I'm literally stepping out of my girlfriend's vehicle. And as I rise up, my back feels like somebody stabbed it 15 times with a <laughs> stiletto blade. <laughs> uh, I was crying yeah. in the stairwell walking up yeah. to my, my, my house. It's just like,
1: oh, yeah, yeah no, that's uh, I turned 40 in May. And so Good. I signed up for a marathon. And I don't think I'm going to run. Yeah. Oh, just
2: run it. Just I'm gonna try it, right. but yeah, it's up and down. Do it does do it. It's like a six thousand
1: feet of elevation change or something stupid because you're up and down a mountain. So I actually put on your Discord a video of the coyotes that were chasing me this morning.
2: Oh, really? That's right. That's right.
1: And I oh, gotta yeah. tell you, you, go into the woods, and you're like, it was a full moon today, or pretty full, it's, and it was a clear full moon
2: tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah.
1: It was yeah. pretty cl- well. It was pretty. It was pretty light, and so I got up early. And if you time it right, you go. It's two and a half miles up the mountain, mm. staring at the moon, which is right. like crazy. That's awesome. And then you turn around and you come right down the other side, a mile and a half, and the sun rises. There's no more moon, so it really is like a split if you like time it. That's awesome. Then That's it's right. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And then so I I have a knife that I took in there, so the woods get used to the knife and the knife recognize the woods for what it is right yeah and just in case a coyote shows up I'm not going to kill the thing I couldn't but I would try to barter with it right <laughs> be like, here take it <laughs> just leave me alone if you think they're, they're uh, terrifying now just wait till you arm them
0: no. Yeah. No, it would be okay. worth it to- I-, I
1: apologize to the next guy running up the mountain or whatever <laughs> but the woods are like magic until you get in there and they're scary as fucking shit uh, like I had two flashlights I had one and like one that I'm holding I'm cu- going behind you and like turn around and then it's like okay i'm cool i'm cool this is good and then you get to the top and you're like
0: this isn't cool uh well i see, mean that's it is the after problem. The fact, like- that is you should so my whole thing is like that's my that's my juice like if it's not scary woods, i don't I, know, I don't get it's like it's like it's like that point break but like with woods <laughs> you know like i if i'm not a little scared i got to push it a little harder right mm. like uh
2: but i love so that you, we just referenced point break and every single person here knows what you're talking about
1: like uh we started this with i'm almost 40 so right. like, <laughs> i think you might yeah. be a little young
0: we're not, not talking about the remake either which was trash i refuse we're talking about, to watch i haven't it, seen yeah. it I'm it's unexpectedly it. F- bad. Stay far away stay don't right away. don't even try
1: uh roadhouse is being remade right now just saying Oh wow. <laughs> Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, no. no, No, No. no. A former UFC fighter takes places and just... It's like Terminator Terminator 2 Judgment Day again. (laughs) Yes. Like different actors. That's CGI burp and judgier. (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) 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 And
1: you will be judged (laughs) by all the nerds who grew up in the 90s. Hey,
0: I think we should go to Nate's question. We'll like the baby bird one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah. So do you know how a mama bird feeds a baby bird? She'll eat the worms and bugs and stuff and throw it up in the baby's mouth. That's right. And so let's pretend that, Doug, you are in a nest and you are a little baby bird. And the three mothers that are going to come by to feed you by throwing up in your mouth. Okay. You you have a or choice. not even throwing up. They no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, spin, right. Chew it up and spit it out. So here's <laughs> here are your choices. Okay. It can be Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, or okay. Justin Trudeau. Which oh Justin? God.
2: Which God. Justin, yeah, Justin chew up you and throw up in your
1: mouth.
0: You need
2: oh. to eat. You
1: got to pick probably, one.
2: Probably be. Um probably be justin timberlake um i bet he's he's got the best diet he's the more palatable of like the three (laughs) like and here's the thing like i don't i'm i really don't like politicians i got like i just politicians no thank you uh justin Uh, bieber i've actually oh should i say I've I've had interact I've had interactions yes! with Justin Bieber in real life. Oh, thank you. Oh, no thank you
0: for Kevin Baconing us, Justin Bieber. We yeah. now seven degrees to Justin um, Bieber. Yeah. And
2: thank you for it, that. It wasn't a pleasant experience. And so oh. Justin Timberlake, I've never met. I've never met him. I've I i do not even think we've been in the same city. No, that's not Is true. He actually. I actually I actually saw Justin Bieber in a concert. Um, in Toronto in 2003 or 2004, oh. he opened with um, the Rolling Stones ACDC. There was this whole concert because weird mix that's was- a weirdo mix. So, get this, guys. So, there was <laughs> this before we had coronavirus, there was this thing called SARS 1. Um, <laughs> I remember it.
1: Right. I work in right. a hospital.
0: I, was- I live go. in New York City, airport. so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um so Toronto actually had in North America more cases of SARS than any other place in oh, wow. the world and so when SARS finally got gone tourism in Toronto was dead and yeah. so I was in Toronto at the time going to film school they put on a giant concert to Try and get people to come back to Toronto. So Justin Timberlake was there. Nobody knew about him. He was he was a nobody at that period of time. People were throwing water bottles at him. I kind of felt bad for him. Uh, but the Rolling Stones, ACDC, um, a whole wow. load of oh, the flaming lips. It was, wow. it was incredible. 50 50,0, a lot. 500 000 people attended. Jeez. Um
1: and yeah. you were one of them, you're there. Yeah. I okay. was there,
2: I was one of them. So that's the all closest all... I've been to Justin Timberlake. So I would take...
1: you don't want him to throw up in your mouth.
2: <laughs> I'd take yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd take some throw. He probably could. Well, He's probably got pretty good breath. I think he's got the best diet
1: snacks. And you know, but how awesome would it be if he baby birded someone on stage, like somebody screaming, (laughs) you pick him, picks him up like Elvis, like on a show. And then let's date ourselves
2: ourselves even more gentlemen. What if after he ripped off the, the boob strap, (laughs) Uh, Janet Jackson, Jackson. he then was the mother bird and spat? you know, that
0: that would be awesome. I I feel like the only way that would work is to if Janet Jackson baby birded. Him to pass the torch from one generation to oh, another. I,
1: see, I did the Justin's because two of the people are dead now. Because it used to be the question would be uh, Oprah, Sean Connery, or Gilbert Godfrey. Like, <laughs> yes. uh, there's it, only it, one it, correct Oprah answer. The answer is time. Oprah 100%. The but somebody I give else brushes good Oprah's teeth, which is why we <laughs> yeah. always chose her. It'd be awesome. like lilac, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you'd want more. <laughs> 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 All right. But we could get back back on track. That's like get a good little break. I have been pushing this so much with each episode It's just sound effects. I don't know why <laughs> when I'm listening to one and then I hear a bang <laughs> like it draws me back in. I'm like, Oh, okay. And I think that's like... Well, you're
0: gonna you're gonna have to learn how to edit because I, I'm limited on my sound effects.
1: Uh, not like this one will right, we'll see put there <laughs>
2: later. I will oh, say okay. this on your UAP episode, you guys brought in the Monomino song and it made <laughs> me out. and it was like I was like, I have to listen to the rest of this episode. Um, and yeah, it, it, it absolutely destroyed me. So well done. Shoot,
1: shooting from the hip question. Sure. Have you ever read up about Appalachian magic or the Appalachian Appalachian magic? yeah Appalachian Appalachian um, little I bit. don't know your Canadian word <laughs> yeah, damn it, I you, know you guys, probably, word you guys are probably
2: pronouncing it better than yeah than, like, truthfully I can Canadians tell you, the can people that live
1: there I can tell you how they say it it's Appalachian
2: Appalachian, Appalachian. Yeah. little bit I mean truthfully I've, I've for most of the stuff that I see like are the Ozarks Appalachian? Um, well, technically, technically,
0: the yes,
1: Hillbilly people. As people okay.
2: from Virginia, we would say no, but technically,
0: no, okay. it is the same mountain chain. So yeah. technically, is it yeah. the Great Smokies versus the Blue Ridge? No, Ozarks a little bit south of the Smokies, right? Okay. It's like lie Missouri. Lie. Jason
2: Bateman lives there. It's the terrible.
1: Whole I uh, can't stand
0: that show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say?
2: Like- um no so like appalachian appalachian magic as far like as far as i understand a lot of it is very similar to to um and i might get in trouble here but it's that whole kind of protestant m- protestant magic that things like powwow and whatnot they all have like a similar flavor so a lot of it is very much like reading passages from the bible to be able to do certain things and if you hold Mm -hmm. the bible on this part of the body while saying this kind of stuff it's it's a lot of that is 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 yeah kind of hewn within too but as far as like sitting down and studying it one of the reasons i like doing my podcast and when i first started my show was like me just like spewing information at people but as i've moved on like, I still do that every once in a while, particularly on my Patreon. But as I moved on, it's like, I want to, I actually kind of want to learn while I'm doing yeah. my show. And so some of my favorite shows are the ones in which uh, I've had somebody, uh, Tiana Lee McQuiller, she was on talking about Hoodoo. I mean, I yeah. knew a little oh, bit yeah, those solid. But she just like blew my mind yeah. and the stuff that she was talking about. So um, it's one of those things where, i can't wait because the the content for my podcast a lot of times is picked by the patreon supporters yeah everyone's like what i'm doing right now i'm talking about fairies but for the most part it's the people that vote on my patreon so um i'm gonna i keep trying to put up things to that i don't know too much about in hopes uh, that they learn more pick it and then in hopes that uh, i get to learn something myself because because truthfully um, as much fun it is, as it is to just like regurgitate knowledge that's been rattling around my brain. It's 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 fun. Well, yeah,
0: and and that I keeps it fun something. and exciting for you too. Like to talk to yeah. to these experts, I can answer that some Tim. Does I don't know because we've never actually talked about it, but like it's not my thing. But uh, there's a book called uh, Backwoods Witchcraft uh, mm. by Jake Richards, who mm. that was kind of you know it's part of this whole like trad witchcraft trend uh, like based on uh, staying in sword, like all these trad witchcraft stuff. But, you know, it's a lot of it is like re, what's the, it's called like, it's like hijacking uh, Southern Christian kind of like, so you, a lot of Psalms and gospels and using those in like a kind of um, um, woodsy sort of way. Kind of like, yeah. so kind of like there would be a, like an unspoken Fae belief, but like maybe leaning on like weird gospel works because that's what someone's grandmother did, you know, like, and they would, because they could, they had to, right? Like they had to use the Bible. Otherwise they'd be ostracized. So they would find the shit in the Bible that allowed them to appeal and petition Mm -hmm. the woods, like the spirits of the woods. And I know back, I have backwoods witchcraft. It's fine. Like, it's not, again, it's not really my thing, but it was, it was nice to read, And the agency he gives to, like, not throw away the family Bible, but to, like, work it into this dude's witchcraft um, kind of practice. Um, I just know
1: about it through the, uh, like, it's not even directly mentioned, but the Foxfire books, the whole series,
2: which are kind of survivalist
1: books. It's also the, these are the woods that we grew up in, the only woods I know. Yeah. I went to Europe. And didn't realize that not all, uh, which those, I don't know, all woods are pretty old, but the, the woods over there didn't freak me out. I could walk around and just close my eyes Depends and not have to turn around. Right. But that specifically where I was at, but the woods around here, I'm constantly being watched. Like, that's what it feels like.
0: Look, like, my, my theory is whenever you're scared of something, lean the fuck into I've it. started like,
1: doing that. That's why I heard the coyotes and I went into the woods to look for them. Yeah to give them and the then- knife.
0: To, to, yeah to get, that's the how you, that's this is the how other you day. get some so familiars tom i've get had coyote. Three,
1: three coyote experiences and then the last one was in the daytime and i was like yeah i went in the woods and went looking it ended up being really fun there were six deer there was one giant buck there was some woodpeckers and stuff it ended up being a nice little day yeah but the last one at night fuck no i'm not going in there
0: <laughs> no Got to. A... you're gonna you're gonna do it man you gotta do it it's oh it's... there's
1: so many them, man found eaten by a pack of coyotes right that's why that's why i don't trust big math right cuz <laughs> big math says there aren't very many coyote attacks and there aren't any human deaths in virginia but you know what There's fuck big math <laughs> cuz you hear 50 coyotes like howling and they're like maybe 50 yards somewhere just in the woods like adjacent to me i hear them running around I'm not going off
2: those numbers first time for everything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's something and and not to bring it back to the uh, British, but like that's something um, the ceremonial magicians like I'm thinking like, what's her name, Violet Firth, Diane Fertune. like she was always saying, yeah, like one of the things she always said was when your stomach sinks and you are scared, that's when you know you're in the presence of something that you're supposed to like, that's what you should pursue. Like, that's like, if anything, mm-hmm. that's uh, a, a tell that you're doing something right. And if you don't feel that, then you're not working hard enough. So it's like, you kind of want to chase that a little bit. Although I disagree, Nate, again, gonna completely disagree, disagree.
1: hard, hundred, hard <laughs> disagree with Chris on this. And I think- I don't disagree. I'm just saying it's hard to do, like lean well, in. of course, course it's hard. People. Everything's so
0: worthwhile, but here, it's
1: hard. Here's how I'm going to disagree super hard against that statement. Okay. And I agree, I see why you're chasing it and it's it's almost like a roller coaster, right? Like yeah you, you know it's 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 a, it's a one it's a rush, other stuff. I've been trying to like meditate myself out of fear completely. Yeah. and then something will happen and I'll get scared and I was talking to uh, this guy, what's his name? Joe Gallenberger or whatever, but he was like, um, he's like, I'm not scared of anything but I sure can't get startled when a black snake falls out of a tree. On <laughs> you know? So yeah, like, I, I think there's a difference in the, the emotion of fear or whatever. I think you could get, especially we'll say if you've had experiences or whatever, and you're like, okay, you know, bigger than the material world or it's more stuff's out there. And you're not just a, your physical body what what is to fear like and if you can get 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 that out you know of like the animal like something might eat my arm off or something okay something might eat my arm off and you can be decisive or take actions against it or embrace it or do whatever the fuck you want you know i think i think the first the 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 way to and i'm going to use the word enlightenment but the the path forward is without fear and i think that's what holds people back a lot in um, as it was for me for a long time and stuff, uh, in a lot of different practices. Oh, you're scared of it. Oh, you just did something and something popped up or you had an OBE, or you did whatever. And it's scary or whatever, you know, like, I think when, if you get past that fear, then you can ride the big roller coasters and it's fun and you're not doing it and you're not horrified by it. But when it's clicking up the ladder, you're getting excited or or whatever.
0: Well, I'm going to say that we actually agree. And so I want to clarify that I am not condoning uh, state chasing. I think it's something like I've heard, you know, it's usually talked about. You're not chasing um, mental states or states of consciousness, like because that's like, yeah, I got to I got to go. Touch the void, point break. I gotta yeah, I gotta that's chase a good point break I lineup. Gotta, I gotta that, chase yeah. that state. It's not about chase state uh state chasing, it's about a compass. And I think fear points the way north, right? So it is you have the sensation of something that is fearful, it's pointing their direction, but you should not be afraid because I agree, most especially with you, most of your non- uh what's the right word like non-human experiences nate are foiled by fear like you're finally out of your body and you are like actually accessing like transhuman information and it's your fear that snaps you back and like that's obviously a problem so you're we're both kind of speaking the same thing i'm just saying use that fear as a compass to point you towards the woods because you shouldn't be afraid of the coyotes they're not going to hurt you but you might
1: Oh, no, they, <laughs> I don't know, man. They might hurt you. They, <laughs>
2: they might, might hurt you. you. <laughs> this <That> is <laughs> oh, no, like, kind of a bad example. Just, there. just, just a, just a nibble. They just want to have a, just give them a little nibble. You know, I, there's a show on. They the, just want a little bit of your fear. Just it, them, that's give, all they give want. Them, give the them the a fear. piece of your fear pie. Pull well,
0: a was, Buddha. Just throw yourself to the wolves, right. man.
1: Was it uh, <laughs> Netflix or something? Right now, is it's, there's a show called "It Bit Me" that my wife watches all the time. <laughs> Coyote never, episode. That I've guy. i never heard of it. Yeah, coyote effed up this guy, man. Like they, they, and he. And the only way he got out of it, and they kept it attacking him, is he strangled one as it was cl- chewing on his face. He like strangled it until it died. Yeah, and then that's they how you become a motherfucking
0: shaman, man. Like the only, that's the only way you become a shaman is you strangle a goddamn a, coyote.
1: A water bong tattooed on his neck. I don't know if he's
0: <laughs> like
1: how <laughs> deep. Like into shamanism, I haven't so seen Tim,
2: it, but. the the way to your magical enlightenment is you need a coyote to gnaw on your face, and then you yeah. have to strangle it. Uh, plus your, an eye your, patch. It's your initiation. Way cool. it's your Think initiation. about an eye patch
1: or the scar like Snake Eyes had. Like, right. yeah. so next time I'll I'll beeline into the woods. Yeah, and turn the fire. You hear those
2: off. coyotes? You're like, I'm going.
1: Yeah, you know people talk about woods bathing or whatever, yeah, or forest, yeah. Bathing, yeah, forest, tree, forest bathing,
0: tree bathing, but yeah. they
1: don't say when to do it. I bet everybody's going at like one in the afternoon yeah. with a full <laughs> belly. No, no, you got to do it at three in the morning, blindfolded and just lay down.
2: Well, <laughs> it's 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 one it's one of those things where I, it, it's such a it can be viewed as such a platitude, but if one of the things that a lot of people and i just use the word a lot of people are looking for when they get into magic is that i this i need this initiation to get into magic you want to give yourself an initiation literally go to the woods find some woods and stay there overnight like just and be awake it's terrifying like it's not cool like it's You will you will learn some things about yourself and well
0: I think you hit the nail on the head which is a lot of the problems with our entire culture and by culture I mean Western Hemisphere a little good say like obviously that's a loaded word I don't want to get into trouble but yeah what one of the things that we're talking about with the problems with maybe a Western society is the lack of initiation in our kind of contemporary for our kids today I th- I right? I think as
2: well and this is something where if i come off like sounding like the magical mr rogers then i apologize but for but for most but for most people i think maybe get your head around the idea that an initiation has to be one thing the world is an incredibly cruel place particularly to people who are not you know what we're going to be considering like the norm the norm in society your life has been an initiation i hate to say it like that you're breathing in the 21st century is a miraculous thing. That is your initiation. Mm-hmm. If you were a kid who was out and gay and got through high school, you you're initiated. Yeah. I hate the say like it's stop. We we have to get around this idea that it's one thing it can be for a lot of people it can be but i think if you enough people don't look at and remember what they had to go through to get to where they are
0: right now Mm
2: -hmm. and i think that's a very important thing i'm a i love history i love looking back that's where i get a lot of my my agency is from looking at the stories of the things that people have gone through what is your history what got you to this place that is more than enough for a book. It's more than enough for an initiatory experience. So that's that's the. Yeah. It's all about changing perspectives. I'd say so. You don't need a coyote gnawing on your face. I don't. would hurt. Yeah. Would you? Would you, it, it, I'm just going to speak from my own like context. I would have. I would love to take one minute of a. I would take a minute of a coyote biting on my face than have to go through high school again. Like, <laughs> I, I would just say that. I, I can just speak uh, from my context. I hated high school.
0: Yeah, I hate yeah. the
1: coyote too. I think i will take the coyote. Right
2: so
0: uh you also brought up something that i think is really interesting like i also love the history and for a lot of people out there and especially with our audience perhaps a lot of the stuff that we're talking about it's a lot right like Mm -hmm. whether it's solomonic magic or folk witchcraft this is a lot for some people it's it's Mm -hmm. scary it's weird it's like silly in a lot of ways yeah and for me one of the the outlets for me that allowed me access to make me think because I'm cool and like edgy and like I wanted to like think that that stuff was like I was I didn't want to go there. Like it made me feel weird feelings. But uh, a lot of the stuff that allowed me to open that door was history and like reading even like and I bring up for the third time the name Mitch Horowitz, but reading like a cult in America or something like 12 years ago, it made me go like, oh, my God, that the last 300 years in the North American continent, there's these amazing things. And whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. The people who, who believed it are real. So whether you're believing or follow uh, universal, what is it, universal friend, or like some of these 17th century, like bizarre occult movements that were in uh, the Hudson Valley in the 1800s, public universal friend was a well, cult. Yeah. Yeah, something like that, you don't need to believe it. It kind of goes, oh my God, what a fascinating history Like that all these people really truly died and believed in this. And then you can follow that history through the history of the tarot or the history of ceremonial magic. And and it it allows you to read about it and think about it without taking the red pill, right? Like you don't have to like swallow it because you're just talking about it historically. We're just looking at this about... Alistair Crawley was real, (laughs) he was a person, that's crazy, like, Mm -hmm. what did he believe, and it allows you to think about your life and think about, like, the invisible structures that we are navigating every day without fully biting the bullet, and it's like a great kind of um, door opener, so as a also, you are more of a historian because unlike me, you remember the history. <laughs> I just read about it and immediately so you take it.
1: notes. But yeah, Doug is. Doug
0: is great because you actually process that's one of your skill sets as, uh, as a voice uh, out there, as a, almost I would say an educator, is that you can process that information very well mm-hmm. and you present it very clearly in a way that I can't do because I can't take notes, I'm not an academic. And so I appreciate your efforts in that regards. And for all of our skeptics out there, like history is the gateway drug.
2: Yeah, it is, and what's wonderful is that to, to use the example that you use, Mitch is—he is a practitioner. He considers what he does. Yeah. He considers himself an occultist, Satanist. He's yeah. New, he's new thought. He's—he's he's absolutely everything. But he's—he, I don't think he was truly when he wrote "Occult America" uh, at no. that point. But he's very gentle with the way that he portrays the information, and it was—I'm yeah. not going to say it was a direct influence on my podcast but i just think that that the books that i the the history books about magic that i'm most drawn to are ones that are very very they're gentle with you trying to understand that exactly what you were what you were saying chris is that you know the people truly believe these things and it doesn't matter if you think that they're not real or not the point is is that they it's real the history is real the history is real and real things happened as a consequence and sometimes they're quite amazing yeah. Like the, the area, the burned over district is responsible yeah. for so much of American culture to this day. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot keep that kind of stuff out of history books. So yeah. it is, history is a vector into almost all of the good Just things.
0: listening, yeah, allowing it. And, and Nate and Tim, in case, I mean, I gave you guys a cult in America, but uh Mitch is the guy who did the Cab- Cabalion, the movie that, that we watched. Which Nate sent we... me a
1: copy of the Cabalion
0: the book or the
1: movie the book the book yeah, the, the oh, yeah read the book terrible <sighs> terrible chris no i love everything mitch is great right in it mitch no, is the guy talking yeah, in but it they, they have the two people doing whatever marriage ceremony and their <laughs> pagan sword is from conan the barbarian like replica i was like dude you could if you're spending 50 bucks on amazon for like a replica sword at least don't give one that is call
0: so Hollywood. All me, with I've swords got swords.
2: Got... I've got swords, and yeah. Nate's got a sword. You know we can. I, got I have some
0: swords. five swords right here. There you oh. go. Yeah, there's better swords than that one. Yeah, no, I agree. Like the Cabal, the Cabalion, the movie, like other things. I think it's great for information because it's Mitch and a few other talking heads, and they are they are talking. These are very eloquent, well-researched, smart people. But you know, when people spend a lot of money to produce a movie. They assume that they their audiences are stupid and you need to have two naked people with some flashing lights doing clearly a fake ritual like to like spice it up and yeah. so yes that movie I, mean, I say with an asterisk there are some issues with it the information that i mean how it do, was worth be...
1: watching it was where it's worth watching and i did enjoy it because the interviews are fantastic yeah i did it was the the little cutaway scenes like yeah, bothered oh, me. Yeah. But the interviews are absolutely phenomenal. And if you ever uh, read it, it's like $2 on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Well, it, the actual, the, like the medicine's
0: Hermetic, great. Like, it doesn't hurt to spend 10 minutes with Hermeticism. Yeah. Like, right? Like, you listen to Doug, Douglas's episode yeah, on Hermeticism, got, he'll walk he's got you through it through
1: it. a couple. You have that, and then the Gnostic yeah. episode. And yeah. you know, it's, uh, but uh, all right. Do you, do we have more? Should we do a joke thing? I, th- I feel like we're more serious than we normally are. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, what, I've been laughing a lot. I don't. I
0: don't know what you're yeah. What this, do we, what we got? I'm, I'm looking at our notes. We went off script like an hour yeah, ago. We,
1: could so. do, yeah, we we had like 20 questions, and we've used two of them. The rest are nice. off the cuff. Speaking but, of which, I'm gonna no. We're gonna still go off the cuff because I have a not as serious I have a, a a comment, and then a and a question. Sure you're one of one of my favorite episodes of yours is healing medicine and magic with ivy Bromius. we almost yeah but i like i said i work in a hospital and mm-hmm. so there's kind of a split if if you're not coming into that between like and i know how you feel about like some medicine right and hospitals <laughs> and things yeah but i'm in it i'm in the thick of it specifically with the uh, cardiac patients and actually it's i i like it it's a it's my career. I get to help people in a way without being a doctor. So I have a lot more bedside time to talk to people and things. Absolutely. Um, but uh, she just brought up so many like crazy experiences that I didn't even like think about. And she was one that used the term, um, the forest bathing. That was where I first heard of it. Yeah. And your experience in an ambulance with an ambulance driver, yeah. I think,
2: which yeah. got you sober. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. one of the big, it was one of the big reasons. Yeah, for sure. It's like, I, when, <laughs> You know, I, I, I tend to consider myself, you know, somewhat. I question every experience that I have, even when it's magic, and that's something that magicians tend to get um, tend to get roasted for is that you're not questioning what's actually happening to you. But yeah, I had an experience with an ambulance driver, and I was I was convinced it's like this is an angel, like this is this is a cl- as close as I have come to like an actual angel on earth kind of stuff. But yeah, no, it's that episode um i did. i what's weird about it is that i haven't gotten a ton of feedback from some people really, oh, really love it and other people are just like you wait you did an episode about healing like it it, it was i it think the second i said episode. that i still think that like homeopathy is important i think a lot of people might have just switched the channel so <laughs> well it's tricky listen. i mean
0: i mean and and unless you're in it like tim's in it man yeah. like tim's up in it and so the there's the a lot of people don't talk about a lot of that stuff because it's hard so uh
1: she she specifically in this episode and i'd I'd encourage everybody to listen to it was saying that i mean she had cancer and survived it and she was on chemo that made her sick as shit and the only way she could tolerate it and get through it was that she like communicated with it she'd meditate during her chemo and create the i don't know if she created or if she met these uh Spirits or beings or whatever that were her chemo that she saw as like a dragon or something. The name the one, of the actual key
2: translated to like dragon. <laughs> so oh, wow. it was,
1: it's crazy. It's just yeah. everything. It was just such a fascinating thing. And I don't. I don't know. You had compared the ambulance driver to like an angel. And sometimes I've seen in the hospital, and I don't know about transient. Like if you like some sort of like divine guidance with just normal plebs that run around the hospital. Some people during critical situations just sort of switch channels Yeah, and I'd never seen these people do it before and I I can't say I've seen it happen to the same person twice and maybe just a handful of times in the like 15 16 years I've been there but they just get in the zone and then just sort of come out of it like a fugue state and you're like what what the hell just happened like this person's still alive and they weren't a second ago that's insane that it's just cool that it can happen but it's um i mean i think
0: that that zone is maybe an important thing like like, you know what i mean in like whether that's medical or a race car driver or something maybe less heroic flow state is real and i think there's the accessing that flow state is probably one of the more important things we can do whether that's meditation or magic or dancing i don't know i don't fucking do it but like you know what i mean like people do it and i think that nobody
1: dances here on the zoom
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you know what i mean uh like that maybe that is that is uh something that um has some relevance to this conversation I,
2: i think that the institution of a hospital and it's one of those things where um my girl my girlfriend's a nurse She's like, I, I'm. I I have to hear the stories of you know yeah. what medicines do for people and whatnot. And uh, she's a little bit more on my side. Is like she would prefer not to have to give out like medicines to people who are depressed. She'd rather talk to them. Great. Okay. I, mean, I actually do have like a lot of hope for the the future of healthcare, particularly in Canada, which is in some dire straits right now. But uh-huh. to go back to this idea of the hospital, hospital is an institution. It's an unfortunate institution that a lot of people have to go there for for death and things like that. Mm-hmm. But It's also a place. It's one of the only place that is sanctioned for the extraordinary. And by that, I mean, incredible things happen there, because you are a constant institution of of death and birth. And I do think that these things have an agency all of their own. Um, What's unfortunate about it is that we have we have institutionalized it to the extent that we've also added some kind of like a bureaucracy to it and mm-hmm. a, a level of understanding that it's not that it doesn't deserve to be there. It's just that I don't know if it does any favors for the people that go there or not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, an example of this is maybe one of the most interesting things that I, I one can come across. Everybody talks about near-death experiences, yeah. NDEs, crazy things happen, etc., etc. It's all really wonderful, but not a lot of people talk about um, end-of-life experiences, ELEs, yeah. and I'm not sure if you know what these are, Tim, um, I'm I'm positive you probably do, um, but Tim has seen
1: a lot of people die. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what my first step was after your story. Go okay, but
2: but it's just this idea. Like a lot of people towards the end of their life, they will actually talk about they they will be slipping in and out of consciousness, and it's that they're talking to they're talking to their relatives, their dead relatives, and then they'll come back a little bit, and you'll talk to them and be like, "Who are you talking to?" it will just be like, "Well, I was talking to this person." Like all those people are dead, but in um my girlfriend showed me this book the other day where it it actually like talked about they described the end of life experience and then it just basically said the reason this happens is because these people are confused and and that's 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 where they left and and then they just left it and it it goes on but this is what's in every textbook of this kind of stuff it's just that these people what they're experienced this incredible miraculous experience is only due to the fact that they're confused and that to me is like that's not right. I've seen enough shit. I've heard enough shit. There's too many stories. You can't diminish shit yeah. just like that.
1: One thing I feel absolutely passionate about, and if I had another job to pick right now, I'd be in palliative care and hospice because I believe in death hygiene. And, and especially in America, I don't know if it's the same for Canada, but people don't have good death hygiene. They, they're, they have breathing tubes, they have PEG and food tubes and all this stuff, and they just rot. Even though the person spiritually died maybe weeks or months before mm-hmm. and it's just this it's a it's a beating heart and people think a heart is like oh it's a heart it's a magic it's love it's a, it is a pump the pump is still moving nobody's home and yeah. so just like you need sleep hygiene you go to bed early you brush your teeth you get up you know whatever and you and you are healthier it's the same with exact same
2: with death and we used, my, to, we used to be able to die pretty good, but now we've turned it, it's into, hard. A, we, we've turned it into a limp across the finish line. Yeah. It's an and expensive it's, limp. Yeah. It's an expensive, expensive limp. limp. Yeah. Yeah. And my
1: first job in a hospital was as a respiratory therapist and in, in the medical ICU. One of the jobs of the of the respiratory therapist was to remove the breathing tube in end of life. So mm-hmm. it was everybody that day that was end of life, which wasn't every day. You just go, you pull the tube. Some people, it was seconds. Yeah. And then other people, you know, it was hours. And um, one thing that I thought was cool.
0: Well, just is, to clarify. So you're saying Tim Tim's job was to terminate patients. In the, of the
1: t- You pull the plug. It's not a plug. It's the breathing tube. That's yeah. the last thing to come out. But you get them cleaned up. And, you know, some people, you know, are going to go quick and others you don't. But if you had a nurse that was, uh, I'd say at least 40s, maybe the younger ones didn't do this. After you pull the breathing tube out, you they'd they'd crack the window and then turn the body towards the side and prop them up on a pillow, yeah, because that was it's easy to get lost in a hospital, so it's for their soul to escape, they'd go out the window, yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. pretty much wow. every time. and it was it was really cool, yeah. yeah. and it's uh, of, of all the years, I've only had one patient have a ghost story, and it's a quick one.
2: Do it. I love it. Where, yeah. it's
1: a completely lucid person uh, uh, forties heart attack. And then heart attacks nowadays, you come in with a heart attack, you go to the cath lab, you get a stint, and then you go home the next day, if you're okay. So it's 24 hour turnaround sometimes. And this, this person was normal, no drugs or alcohol, not on a ton of medicines or anything. And then I, I got her checked in on day one. And then on day two, I went in in the morning. I was like, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? And she was like, Oh, I'm great. Except there is a little kid drawing in the corner all night. And then when the sun came up, there was no kid. I was like, Oh,
0: <laughs> I have so many questions.
1: <laughs> what did the kid look like? How old was the kid? Were they wearing clothes? And I kept going through, but she was like, I don't know. I don't know. I tried not to look in the corner, but it was like one of those things. You yeah. blank, you open your eyes. It's still, it's still there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Ask the kid his name next time or her name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay
2: ask if you can draw something with him truthfully yeah. like, and that's and that's literally what it is like it, it's yeah. it's it's be a part of the participation and that's yeah it's, it's tough because your mind when you see very strange things it, the we are still we are still trapped by parts of our biology the fight and flight or freeze reaction yeah. is very real it's not you yeah. can't get rid of that and to go back to the conversation about fear yeah it's there sometimes and Mm -hmm. it's there sometimes no it's there all the time one Mm -hmm. of those three reactions is going to be one of your reactions when when shit
1: happens um and then going back to our question break uh bank um question break we don't have a question hey it's it's douglas magic magic books books yes let's learn all this what's one thing you would if you had to start a non-magic podcast what Mm. what's the, the what's your topic what would you go after
2: Uh, History, just just history in general, Um, I think just everything world history. Yeah, my favorite. So to to go back to like maybe an earlier question, I'm a huge fan of Dan Carlin. I think Dan Mm. Carlin's Hardcore History is a wonderful podcast. It gets shit on a lot by other historians, um, but because it's just not academic like it's not. It's him literally talking about history and what he thinks about history. He just released an episode about um, Vikings. It's wonderful. It's lovely. Yeah. So um, I think it was strange. strange stranger factoid i'm born the same day that dan carlin. Oh, people oh, my. Have called my podcast like i'm the dan carlin of the occult. i'm not trying i did not give myself that but it's just Wait, when people, when people right say here. that when people say that on like youtube or something like that i'm like i'm born the same day that he is we're both born on the same as day. long as
1: it's not the dan brown of-
2: no <laughs> oh, different dan um but uh no if i if i was to start a podcast i just find history so utterly fascinating yeah. and um, there's so many things that i i i have opinions on and it, it's so interesting and there's another podcaster who does um an occult podcast and she has a history podcast that she does with her her uh, brother called ad hoc history that'd be luxa strata of luxa Occult podcast mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if i didn't do magic podcast it would just be about history and the stories that go through history there's too much it's it's yeah. incredible
0: yeah we're getting short on time but i also i was going to skip this question but i actually this is a this is sincere i want to know it like one of the things i love about your podcast is that it is like it feels optimistic (laughs) like i listen to like podcasts and they're they're so fucking either edgelord or like just like jaded because they've been in western magic for like 25 fucking years and like And they're good. They're not bad. Like, I'm thinking, like, Jason Louvre or, like, some of these other... I respect them. I I appreciate their jadedness because I'm also 42 and jaded. Like, I get it. But what I love about it is that there's a lot of optimism and, like, I don't want to say hope, but it's kind of like you're sincerely excited about the people you're talking to, whether it's, like, Fairy Lore or Vaadoon or insert whatever. And, like, do you are you afraid of burnout? Like, what happens in another 10 years? Like, argue if you, you know, like, I'm afraid for you because I need you to stay optimistic. <laughs> uh,
2: no, I am. I mean, it's funny that you guys brought up like um, the Kabbalian movie and stuff like that. Truthfully, the the podcast is it's it works for me right now. I don't know if it's where I'm, I'm going to be, um, in in like even five years' time. Yeah, I, I, I think occultism and magic and film are like they do not. Or sorry, like documentaries, they do not go together. I've seen a lot of magic yeah. documentaries, and they're they're not good. I'm just gonna say they're not yeah. good. But I, it's my ambition, perhaps. Like I've I've said since like the very beginning. Um, my biggest influence for my podcast is a gentleman by the name of James Burke. He did this series of programs called Connections, The Day the Universe Changed. They were really big. Mm. If you guys like um, Carl Sagan's Cosmos, like the original, not the, yep. the new bullshit, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the original, yeah, yeah. you'll love James Burke. But I think that there's a way of talking about this kind of stuff where it, it you can be hopeful and you can be optimistic. And I don't find it hard to not to not be optimistic. I love this stuff. I genuinely love this stuff. I, I find it incredibly fascinating. And again, I like stories. I was listening to my intro the other day, because it's, it's the first thing I recorded. Yeah. And that's the thing that like people will will listen and with, they click on like Spotify. Like, what's this podcast about?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I need
2: to make a new one. Like, I, I should probably make a new. And then I listened to it. And I was like, Nah, this is actually fine. Like, this is yeah. actually not that bad. It's not well produced, but I, the podcast itself survives on stories, and I find stories yeah. eminently fascinating. Yeah, and stories either through things like history and whatnot. Um, it's it's all good to me. So good. the idea that some I feel sorry for people that are jaded about
0: magic. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I could. And I hope
0: so. And that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> like, I also wanted to hear, like, that's good because it feels natural. It doesn't feel forced. No. And uh, I think it's important. I think it's like an important, like, contribution to the conversation because I think maybe a lot of people who are, attra- and, and I think Tim brought it up almost as a joke, like the the Cravens, like the goth, you know, like it does attract A certain vibe which tends to be morose (laughs) and dark and not necessarily optimistic but like in order to sustain passion interest you have to stay like kind of positive about it and and i do appreciate that in your podcast. so that's less of a question more of a statement um (laughs) but uh yeah so i'm glad to hear that
2: don't wait that
1: being said hang on to that optimism
2: I, I do. And truthfully, yeah. like I literally today recorded and released an episode um, about William Lilly, who was a yeah. 17th century astrologer. He's like known as like the most, one of the most famous astrologers who's ever lived. But the, the reason, the way I started my episode was I was talking about this. Um, we've all heard this expression and it's, it's always given this, this, you know, this, this tease before you actually give the expression. It's like, remember the Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times, right? Well, for one, at no point was this ever a Chinese curse, whatever. <laughs> we can blow that myth up. But what I do like to say is like this idea of living in interesting times. And we all like to think that, you know, our time right now is, is we're living in like end times. Everybody keeps talking about end times. I've never been a fan of, of catastrophism. I personally see a lot of things to be excited about i i'm excited about this new flourishing of story that we're going to have and that doesn't mean like a story because of bad things happening yes a lot of history is about bad things happening a lot of a lot of the magic is about like people fighting and, and the shit that they got into and just yeah. all of the, the the rubbish of of negative interactions and stuff like that but i yeah. personally see so much hope i see I see children and younger people getting more and more interested in the things that I'm interested in. We're we're I'm starting to see a move away from this cold, dead universe that's been served to us on a planet through our horrible school systems. I see yeah. people really starting to look at the life around them and give into that part of their experience of the world. So I don't think it's hard to be optimistic. I think it's easy to be negative. And that's such a, yeah. that's so easy to say, but I, I think it's just lack of imagination and effort. I, I'm yeah. very hopeful for the future. And all right.
1: that being um, said, I'm sorry to cut you off. To do it <laughs> warner brothers just bought the rights to lord of the rings and they're remaking the movies how do you feel about that
2: <laughs> so truthfully so this is a funny one to ask me okay and i might i might lose Boom. some i might lose some fans here okay um i love lord of the Rings. i'm literally rereading the silmarillion right now the lord of the rings is my favorite things of all time i mean oh a cultist who likes lord of the rings how original um <laughs> i think the first lord of the rings movie is amazing it's lovely um, but my girlfriend has never seen it. So we sat down and watched the. Oh, uh, that's the- so oh, exciting. The- you get to watch it for the version, first time. All yeah. four and a half hours. Yeah. The, f- the, the huge versions. The ones yeah. like, well, it's time to take a day to watch one movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> the first one, Fellowship of the Ring, love it. Yeah. And the wheels fall off the trolley for the second one. I do not like the second one. Um, and the third one, I just. It's okay. I think it's okay. I think that I think that the movies are okay. Again, because I'm a book person, I love the books. I think you can't yeah. take the magic out of those books. I put the same Brothers, order in those
1: books. Same what? order of the books. First one's awesome, and then yeah. it kind of goes downhill.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it. I, I think. My favorite book when I was younger was The Two Towers. Um, I'm I'm reading The Silmarillion. I'm going to go to The Lord of the Rings um, when I finish that one, obviously. But Warner Brothers remaking Lord of the Rings. eh. Doesn't matter. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's one of the funnier things is that when Raymond Chandler, a gentleman who wrote Maltese Falcon, somebody came to his house and, and basically said, like, what do you think about? you know, all these people making movies of, of your books. Like, wh- what do you think that's done to your legacy? And he pointed to his bookshelf and was like, my books are still there. Like they're, yeah. they're not gone. You've just made a, a thing of my." I don't care. Cause those books, yeah. they're, they're never, he's like, they might even help those things. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Do, do, uh, do we need a new Spider-Man every three years? <laughs> do we need no. a new Batman? I don't know. I truthfully like, but. I'm I know- okay with new Batman. But- yeah. yeah no, 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 I, 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 I I know for uh, a fact uh, that The Dark Knight Returns as a comic book is still there for me to pick yeah, up. That's the true. Lord of the Rings is still going to be there. Like, these things are accessible. and um, That's a weighted
0: question from Tim, who is currently re- is reading these to his kids who are like very young. I already got through them. got through them? Yeah, but got through the, them?
2: Amazing. My yeah, dad so, read Lord of the Rings to us as well. Yeah. Well, not it's
0: only did he read so them, they, cool. he reads one page, they fall asleep, and the next thing is to reading, reread so they, the same get, page. So he reads them at the slowest rate of any human ever so like to so you...
2: actually i have to i have to correct it my dad started reading the lord my dad read the hobbit to my brother and i then my dad started reading the lord of the rings to us and then we were both like my brother and i were like fuck this like just let us read the book and so yeah my dad had too two slow. copies of it yeah yeah Two slow <laughs> so my dad had two copies my dad had a copy of the book which was um released when the ralph Bashke um co- uh the car- uh, cartoon was coming out yeah and then he also had his copy of like this wonderful rice paper copy that
0: like oh that's awesome
2: yeah that's cool i
0: I was living in new york when the uh the exhibition of all of his art came out and they Mm. had all the original drawings and stuff Mm. that he did and like the language notes and stuff it was great line around the block it took hours to get into that museum
2: amazing yeah his stuff is truly magical and in in this we can talk about mythopoeia and all of like creating a world and stuff like that but that is you know it's Hater. not hyperbolic to say that the guy was just like is a genius but not even a genius he was channeling something yeah i was gonna say he was just, tapping into he was, like a was,
0: zeitgeist of some yeah, sort he,
2: his stories it's weird to think that we will live in a time where and i i truly think this like we will be talking they his stories will survive as long as homers have like and that's something to really like sit with if
0: not longer yeah because there's like there's all the copies of uh, material yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Well like the the movie Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey right they were Live playing forever. out Star Wars you know in the burnt up castle or whatever you know so yeah it's uh it's pun time
0: but first off just because we want to get the business part of this where can people find you Doug?
2: best place of finding me is heading to whatmagicisthis.com uh, mm-hmm. basically everything you want is there um, I, I tell people, if you've never listened to the show, uh, just go to my episodes, go to the menu there, go to episodes and find something you, that interests you. Click play while you're on the website, just while you're at your computer or on your iPod. No, sorry, iPhone, whatever people are using. <laughs> Not iPod. Uh, also, <laughs> but own. also take a second to just click through the links that I usually put up there. Um, but yeah, the best place of finding my work is whatmagicisthis.com. If you, if you enjoy what I do, Jump on the Patreon, um, mm-hmm. Tim. Tim seems to like my Patreon. I also um, like it. Chris, Chris I, 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 will, I will
0: say, um, even to our audience who maybe are a little like squinting their eyes at the magic talk, like in the, your more recent episode, you're on on the Faye or the fairy. Mm-hmm. You, the, your guest links UFOs with fairy lore i like huzzah moment i was very pleased so so even if yeah definitely follow doug's advice pick an, a topic you'll learn a lot but mm-hmm. even the ones you're not thinking you're going to learn from you might if you're interested in ufos and cryptids they're going to find their way into you know a lot of this stuff is connected just um, just to
2: tease this for you chris my next yeah. episode goes full in on fairies and ufos so oh, i don't know if this is yeah. going to be coming out hell before yeah. the middle of february but we um, we dip I have not done a show about UFOs, and I think actually the best way of trying to get them into the program is to talk about them and fairies. So
0: it makes uh, sense. It has to do with dimensional links, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, there's a lot of links there between time loss.
2: uh, It's basically every aspect of fairy lore is is just another telling.
0: Yeah, it's totally. It's great. I love it. So our audience, all three of them. Uh, Let's <laughs> you know, uh, pick it out.
1: So anyway, Douglas, what's your socials? Where do what are you? <laughs> <laughs> what's your twitter
2: you can find me on twitter douglas W M I T. um same thing on instagram on facebook i'm never on facebook just you can go to my website and <laughs> click, we? click the facebook, like it's <laughs> facebook is it's a rough place which is which is unfortunate because there's actually some really wonderful people that are on facebook um, yeah. that's one of the only reasons i'm still on there uh, but yes as i said what magic is um if you want patreon it's patreon.com whatmagicisthis what magic is this but everything all of the links all of that is there
1: i'll mention that your patreon too you you haven't said this yet. Is seven dollars a month for everything? Everything, yeah. It's I not one tiered. Tier.
2: Yeah, no. It's all just, seven bucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping you know that that it's worth it. And truthfully, it, it is a whole different thing. And yeah, I have a ton is. of, I have a ton of fun with it. I had a, you know, I had a blast recording um, an episode today about a figure that I wasn't expecting to learn as much as I did about, and I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did. Uh, mm-hmm. The gentleman I talked about, he was a, an astrologer in in England. Uh, 17th century in England. He got through the English Civil War, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was. I, I my Patreon stuff. I I really love doing it. Seven dollars a month. There's tons of sh- there's tons of shit on there. It's fun. I I get to experiment and do some kind of creative stuff with um with editing and and yeah. Whatnot. I'll put in a sound effect. I've been known to put in a sound effect every once. In a while. Uh,
1: yeah, not as
2: humorous as the phenomena song. I have to say that was. Very-
1: but people are saying like support local. Buy organic if you listen to podcasts. The Patreon, you're the organic eggs of podcasts, and we will support your And you cost less, than and, organic organic eggs. <laughs> and you're cheaper <laughs> than eggs seven dollars. You get everything. It's true, be- <laughs> it's
2: true. true. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, it's true. I'm cheaper than a carton of eggs. I'm going to that one down. That's, 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 that's my that's my next one. You know, in the next episode, I'm going to talk about how I'm, my Patreon is cheaper than eggs. I'm literally taking a note. Yeah, you'll, do it. you'll hear You'll hear it on my next episode. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: So I was I was thinking our outro. Do you? I, I'm not. You know, we're all kind of close to the same age. I and I think the. uh, the joke wall, aka from the the laugh off, which is 1970s American show. It's kind of outside was. of our pay grade as far as like uh, cultural markers, but it's a great sound bit. But uh, essentially, it was a comedy uh, like show,
2: kind of like. Oh, I watched, it. I, I used to work at a video store. They oh, had, we so had, you we had, know, had, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, I know exactly, about Rowan and Martin's laughing. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, I know. that's amazing, the laughing, yeah. yes. Yeah. So they had the
0: joke wall and I worked for an art school and one year we made a joke wall, it was big stage and, and popped out. So the idea is we're all gonna pop out, say a joke we like to end on some levity. Um, if you don't have one, that's okay, but we're gonna, hopefully you'll get one. But I was maybe- thinking
1: instead of forcing Douglas to think of jokes, we could do the joke wall, but make him, a number out of 10, <laughs> like who wins each round of jokes. Oh,
0: okay, so he's going to judge our jokes. more? It's more well? like a
1: game. It's, oh, okay, uh,
0: Okay, so yeah. It's Canadian right. judge I only of have American... one joke. I only I, have one too, but it's like I one joke to rule them all, right? All right, so, so we'll go. I, but I
2: have to be able to tell a joke. I'm sorry. I've got yeah, so yeah, many yeah. great you, jokes. Yeah, yeah, you you joke. will tell okay.
0: as many jokes as you want. You will judge the winner of the brothers all right. uh, sure, as sure, far sure, as jokes okay. go. And then you will show us how it's done by giving us one or two of your favorite jokes. All right. Uh, So, Nate, I saw that you had one.
1: You want me to start? Wait, wait, hold on.
0: Wait, hold on, okay. I'm interrupting again
1: because y'all have, you each only have one? Yeah. Then I'm gonna choose one competitive pun and I'm just gonna rapid fire the other four, okay? Okay, all right. Yeah, so these are my uh, pun bombs. These are the non-competitive ones. Okay. Do you know what sound a peculiar duck makes? No. Cork. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: oh. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. Keep all going. Right.
1: <laughs> Did you know that the population of Ireland is really growing? In fact, it's Dublin.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, Ireland. I I, I Ireland. I got yeah. a, I've got a. Joke. Can I can I run on that, yes. one, yeah, yeah. On that joke. one? so um So yeah, my uh, my aunt is eighty percent Irish. Her name is Iris. <laughs> 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 I
1: look like at the first, it's, it's like, it, it sinks like,
0: ah, I'm gonna be, pla- <laughs> all right. That's what and we then call like a name. There's a diffuse that like hits yeah.
2: you later.
1: And then it hits. All right, did you hear that Shakespeare chewed all of his pencils? so much that he couldn't tell if they were to be or not to
2: oh, be.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, it's good. I like, it. I, like uh, it. I don't know if I do. All
1: right. Did you know uh, atheist organizations don't really have to pay many taxes? Oh, really? Yeah, it's because they're non-profit.
0: <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay, that one's not bad. One's All right, and bad. I have one
1: left. One left right. that's going to be my competitive the one. Competitive okay, okay, this I
0: is go. the one that we're judging on. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris, you go first. Okay, okay, that's a switch. Uh, This one's in honor of Doug. Have you heard that Canada isn't real?
2: No, no, I haven't. Turns
0: out it's all maple leaf. Maple Leaf? I, I've never heard that. That's oh, good. That's good. Yeah, it's little, okay. Oh my Not laugh. That's kind of what a, what a like comedian it. would say, a clap response. I I'll like it. it. No, I love it. I, I love it. That's great. <laughs> okay, Nate, what, what, what yeah, you
1: got? Yeah, this one I stole this morning. Uh, you know, isn't it weird that Elon Musk is from South Africa? You would think he would be from (laughs) Mad-At-Gas-Car.
0: (laughs) Mad-At-Gas-Car. That's pretty fucking good, man. That's pretty fucking good. All right, Tim. I feel like you're the prize fighter here. What do you got?
1: Did you know that mythological, tiny mythological creatures gained popularity in the Renaissance? That's a little gnome fact.
2: A little, oh no! Uh, uh, oh my gosh! Uh, All right, who, uh, who's the winner? Oh man, Bad at Gascar, terrible, just. It, yeah, I will say it's the only one that got
0: legitimate laughs.
1: <laughs> uh, well, it does have this aftertaste to it. That's
2: <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually gonna go with Tim's little gnome fact. I like yeah. that. Yes. I like it's. Yeah, I
0: feel like that's the one I might use most again. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. That's that's kind of how you have to judge. because so yeah. that's you have to judge a joke by your ability to be able to remember it and to know that you're actually gonna remember it for a long time. So little gnome fact. Yeah, the Canada, the Canada one. I'm actually going to use too. It's a it's a close runner up. Mad at Gascar, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's topical. topical. It's topical. <laughs> it's of its time, but, but it's, it's, it's it's yeah. It's too right. All right, um, here's my joke. It'll be really quickly. So a guy walks into a bar, and he sees uh, up at the bar that uh, hanging from the ceiling. There's uh there's these strips of uh, of beef. There's some beef up there. So he kind of walks over to the bartender. He says, "What's going on with these this?" this beef hanging from the ceiling kind of seems kind of unhygienic and the bartender says well it's part of a contest we have running here at the bar if you can jump up and slap three different sides of beef um, and land in one jump then you get free drinks for the rest of the night so the guy goes oh that's crazy
0: yeah
2: i says well you want to give it a try the customer says no the stakes are too high
0: <laughs> uh, see, oh, technically, you really win good. because any good dad joke should be more effort to listen yeah. to than deliver. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it I should agree. be more so. Like it, the the ours were too quick and easy to digest. Yours yeah, required good. work on part of the, those sort. Delightful. Well, the done. three of
1: us are going to race to tell our dad that joke so we can yeah. hear it back sure.
0: thousands but, of times in yeah. the near future. Um, well, thank you, Douglas. What a hoot! to talk to you it's been a lot of fun thanks for gracing our podcast and having a lot of fun and answering our questions again i hope all of our listeners go over to what magic is this it's a lot of fun over there too um i guess that's it i guess that's our episode so
2: wonderful